0: Welcome, Action fans, and thanks for joining us for another edition of All 90s Action All the Time, as we reach the halfway point of our 90s Stallone season. I'm your host, Scott Murphy, and on today's podcast, we are talking about The Specialist. Now, as always, to help me in this endeavour, I have my regular uh, co-host, Bloodhound Picks co-host, screenwriter... And definitely a man who knows how to control his explosions, it's Mr. (laughs) Craig Jaheim. Glad to be here. Now, before we head into this one, as always, a little bit of background detail. The Specialist was released on October the 7th, 1994. It was directed by Luis Loza, whose notable credits include the Tom Berenger action film Sniper, and the Jennifer Lopez horror film Anaconda. And it was based on a series of novels written by uh, John Shirley who was a novelist and screenwriter who actually wrote the screenplay for the crow Uh, it's an interesting fact about him yeah I I think he's kind of loosely based on on those those novels um I think the character name's not even the same so like who knows how close to any of the stories it was but anyway the screenplay was written by Alexandra Seros whose only other credit on IMDb is for her screenplay for point of no return which was the Bridget Fonda-led uh, La Femme Nikita remake. Uh, in terms of reviews, it currently holds a 5.6 out of 10. It doesn't have a Metacritic score for some reason. 7% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 29 reviews. That's some good stuff right there. <laughs> and a 2.4 on box. It was also nominated for five Razzies, of which it won uh, two. Uh, for Worst Actress for Sharon Stone and Worst Screen Couple uh, for Sharon Stone and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, And because uh, we've talked about this before, the Razzies don't always get it right. It tied with tom cruise and brad pitt in interview with a vampire so fuck you razzie's uh (laughs) (laughs) however despite its critical slating and it's razzie's winning uh, it made 170.4 million dollars at the global box office off a $45 million budget, making it, wait for it, Stallone's second biggest hit at the box office in the 1990s, only behind Cliffhanger. And it was also the 16th biggest film of 1994 sandwiched in between Maverick at 15th and Legend of the Fall at 17th. Uh, oh. So, The Specialist Craig, <laughs> had you seen The Specialist before? So,
1: I had, I know we talked about this before, or we have talked about this, you know, outside of the podcast. Um, so, all the rest of Stallone on I've seen multiple times, but yeah, this is one that I know I've seen and watching clip, even watching it this time, I, I just can't remember anything. So, that's... <laughs> (laughs) that's the point it's quite forgettable (laughs) is that i could even have documentation and video camera of me watching it from you know years and years ago and be like so i'm there but yeah i just (laughs) nothing it just went in one ear or in you know and out the other yeah
0: i kind of feel the same like so I remember uh, when I was probably in my teens that I definitely caught this on television. And I feel like I might have seen parts of it on television i i feel like i've only seen it once all the way through and then i but i've you know before this and then i might have seen parts of it over the years on telly while well kind of channel hopping like kind yeah. of like the like the opening and the, the endings kind of kind of feel familiar so i was like oh, maybe i've kind of caught that over the years a couple of times but i feel like i've only actually before you know watching again for this uh, i think i have only actually seen it all the way through the, the one time i, I know what i don't i don't remember renting it out so i'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was just on
1: telly yeah i don't i mean even the minute watch so i watched it last night and when i woke up this morning i was still with my notes and everything what was the order of the scene uh so he's (laughs) listening to her for a long time he's just kind of watching her for a while yes
0: i mean like this movie (laughs) i mean this movie's called the specialist but it could (laughs) be called phone sex the movie yeah (laughs) given how much time is uh well given to to that particular activity i was just kind of we just have breathy phone calls between Stallone and Stone. Um, I think I mean part of the reason this was made is because that's fun to say, Stallone and Stone. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just oh yeah, Sharon Stone. She uh, came off because basic Basic Instinct was before, right? I'm guessing. Yes. Right. So okay. Basic Instinct yeah. was
0: 1992. Like basically, yes. she made Basic Instinct 1992, and then Sliver came out in 1993, okay. yep. and then this
1: came out in 1994. Okay. So yeah so it's just you know, she's sexy and stuff and then stallone muscles so let's just put them together <laughs> in a very anticlimactic shower scene yeah <laughs> that we you build up to this whole movie we just like yeah early. i feel like
0: <laughs> I, again i do feel like a lot of the box office is to do with, you know sex sells and i feel i feel yeah. like um reading about it most of the promotional material around it was all around like oh you know there's this big sex scene the big steamy shower sex scene between stallone and stone and that seemed to i mean it it worked as a marketing campaign it worked because people went to see this Uh, i was really surprised to find out that this
1: movie made more money like at the time of release
0: made more money at the global box office than demolition man
1: yeah which is by far (laughs) way more you know superior i mean i'm
0: sure demolition man has made more money than this movie now because like it was probably you know because people i feel like people genuinely don't remember this movie where obviously you know demolition man has become this like cult classic with this kind of large following exactly so it is. It is amazing. Like I feel like people. If you were to ask people, like what were Stallone's nineties movies, like even in terms of like the bad ones as well, I think people would say like Cliffhanger and Demolition Man first. Yes. And then they might say. Then they might say something like Judge Dread, I think. And then or they might say Rocky Five because they're aware of the series, so they're they're aware that the fifth one came out. And, and even though it's the worst one, you know, people still kind of watch it when doing the kind of franchise rewatch and what what ever yeah so like um yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm yeah i'm not even sure if this is fifth I'm, I'm not even
1: sure if it's ahead of like assassins or daylight either which yeah. I, like, i'm not sure but I w- like i would even argue that his really bad ones like stop Or my mom will shoot they might remember more just because of how or oscar because of how bad they were possibly possibly so, and
0: then like yeah I, I definitely would have said you know ahead of this Probably You know, ahead of this, Judge Dredd, you know, obviously Copland is, yeah, you know, yep. again, it was kind of critically acclaimed and like, um, I think that's generally well remembered because it was stolen to something doing something very different. So yeah, the fact that this was the second biggest set in the box office, I mean, it just shows the kind of power of
1: like what a sex symbol sharon stone was at the time i think yeah
0: more than anything
1: which i know i actually watching it i looked her up because i felt like i haven't seen her in a long time and i looked and she's been doing stuff constantly but for some reason in my head i was like whatever happened to sharon stone because she was you know if you had her in a movie she was like person you know you really highlighted where i haven't seen that in a while (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think she done uh she she kind of stepped down to more kind of supporting roles yeah. and more like i think she's done like in more recent years she's done a lot of tv yeah you know because i feel like she was in like one of the i was either law and order one of the law and orders or one of the ci csis or one of those types of shows and okay. i can't remember which but like feel like uh yeah i think she has done a bunch of stuff like that because like i yeah i'm aware that she is Kind of worked regularly um it's just that she's just nowhere near the kind of massive star that she was in the yeah. 90s you know like um you know post 90s uh, her kind of career took a took a dip you know yeah I remember, like, uh, I know it's, like, a long time ago now, you know, it's probably, like, 17, 18 years ago, but, like, uh, you know, by the time in the early 2000s, where she was, like, the villain in Catwoman, you know, you're like, you know, oh, yeah, falling off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Law & Order Special, she was in Law & Order Special Victims Unit for a while. Okay, there uh, we so go. It's, uh, there we go. Um,
1: and that was the one with Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, no, Special oh, no. Victims Unit, the, the... the one with uh, ice Tea oh yes and Chris, christopher maloney and um, yeah.
0: yeah yeah that's that's the one and yes the one that's still
1: going on <laughs> yes yeah, it's no
0: it's it's, it's no yeah. oh no no you're 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 right it is the one uh Oh. oh no, uh, no, no! It's is, it's is no, it's the one with uh, Christopher Maloney and okay. uh, Richard Belzer and uh, Marissa Hardegay. Um, okay, but this this show is just gonna be. Yeah. This this is why the episodes go long, man. As it gets, yeah. we're not starting talking about the film, we're just going over <laughs> the history of law and order, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is probably way more. All of those episodes that run by like a paint by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, set up scripting is probably still more memorable than this one. <laughs> In the criminal justice system. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's let uh, cut cut to the movie. Cut yes. cut to the movie. So we open with a title card and some super Bondy music. Yeah. And it's it's not a surprise that the music is super Bondy because it's Mr. John Barry doing as the composer on this film. But then we cut to Bogota. Colombia. Tell us what happens in Bogota, Colombia. Well, there are two.
1: Are they CIA? I want to say. Yeah. Uh apparently I, yes. Yeah. There's C- so CIA. CIA agents that are played by Sylvester Stallone and James Woods, and they're very serious. And they're setting up. Um, Stallone and is setting up um, the C4 along this bridge because he's the. Was it James Woods is the trigger man, and Stallone is the um, setup man. I can't remember the what yeah. they they um he's the one who sets up the bomb and they're because they're going to be basically killing this drug cartel. The
0: rigger. He's the yeah. rigger. I'm, yes, I'm the I'm trigger. Right, yes. You're the rigger. Yes, that's, yes, right. that's, that's what, what, what the
1: phrase is. is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not very memorable,
0: but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the
1: reoccurring comment that we'll probably have throughout this whole thing. Uh very memorable. So he's setting it's up the thing that happens with this. yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so they're going to kill this, um, basically this drug kingpin when he's driving over the bridge, and as they're they're watching it happen, they see that, or well Stallone sees that there's a, a little girl in the back seat of the car, and obviously he has morals and he wants to abort the mission but it's no longer his call because james woods is the trigger man and he's the one that says well we're going to keep doing it and they argue and stallone then runs for to basically what is it deactivate the bombs yeah, before yeah. it happens but he's too late causing him to jump into the water as it explodes and then explodes the truck killing the kingpin and killing the girl no before they
0: get like a kind of yeah like go on stallone yeah and and uh, the little girl kind of lock eyes briefly to to give us a big uh, emotional moment, or what the movie thinks is yeah going to be. Because the
1: girl story. doesn't even have a; she's like pretty blank slate on her face. She's just like, oh, there's a person down there. Whatever. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Well, she just looks yeah. confused, and yeah.
0: uh, because Stallone can't really emote with his face. Uh, yeah.
1: he also just looks kind of like uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so then, and, Stallone, and they come out and Woods then starts beating up Stallone when Stallone says he's gonna report them and that he's just a, but that Woods just gets his kicks you know killing the people it's not even he doesn't have any morals he doesn't have a code it's not about even these missions it's that he's just psychotic and wants to blow people up and that's what he enjoys doing and so they get into kind of a fight and then Stallone beats up Woods after that and tells him he's gonna report both of them and
0: he shouts that, in his face you're gonna you're dead in agency you're gonna be as dead yeah. as those people on that bridge and um oh, that's after you know delivering some ground and pound on them you know
1: yeah yeah you know, slamming his face into like Rocks and all that stuff, but then we have that nice jump to present day, which would be. I, I did. I yeah. did
0: want to mention one fun fact uh, from this opening scene. So I mean, I get it. You know, it, like in the, this time in the '90s, um actual Colombia would have been uh, dangerous to film in, but covering uh, for the Colombian jungle is rock island tennessee is where the oh, scene was
1: filmed so kind of the same <laughs> kind of the same <laughs>
0: yeah yep. kind kind of the same i'm sure tennessee very it looks exactly the same as south america it's a very yeah. i'm sure if i went to the, the rock island tennessee and i went then went to the amazon i'd be like basically the same
1: yeah they're in the same you know hemisphere of the west the same western hemisphere <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close enough <laughs> yeah. and i yeah i realized that it does that whole which i never thought about until i saw somebody i think they posted about it or whatever of the jump to present day doesn't really necessarily always work because this that scene is supposed to take place in 1984 I think. correct yes and jumping to 10 years have passed yep to 1994 and then obviously stallone looks the exact same they didn't really try and make them look older or either either him or james woods no the 10 years
0: no they didn't try to make well i mean like it kind of made more sense if they made trying to make them look slightly maybe try and make them look slightly younger in the yeah i don't know but yeah that's true i mean like in terms of aging it's not the silliest thing in this movie,
1: so yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> we have, talk about yeah. we'll talk about aging more. Yeah, <laughs> and we get that nice kind of cabaret singer. It's in Miami, and she doesn't even have a microphone or anything. She, but she's like, I don't even know what's going on. There's yeah, kind of so a party going. On kind of, there's kind of something. a party going
0: on because, like, it's like, um, it's one of those kind of movie shorthand things. It's like, uh, you know, like you have certain shots and stuff, you know, to establish where you are in the States. So, you know, so the audience at home, you know, who who maybe have have never been to America like myself. So the audience (laughs) at home, you know, because we're all idiots, know we're in Miami. There, of course, everything will be drenched in neon and yep. latino music will be playing so i was like ah miami i see yeah
1: <laughs> and there's pools and you know and there's yeah yeah exactly
0: like... now i know i didn't know before like could yeah. be set anywhere but like i definitely know i'm in miami now yeah. so that's cool <laughs>
1: yeah. that's what we need to do is just make a movie set to look like that and then have it be like minnesota or <laughs> somewhere, you, know? you just change it all up yeah, you just you just have like this one neon glowing
0: restaurant with like Latino music and then you pan out in this like Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're like yeah. <laughs> <Are> you
1: <kidding? laughs> uh, dear. okay. So, what's happening in Miami? <laughs> yeah. So in Miami that looks like you know, somebody who watched Scarface a couple of times. Or um,
0: episodes of Miami Vice basically. Yes. We
1: get to see um you know our our hero i guess loan, which there's a bunch of information apparently if you go onto the wikipedia there's a whole plot and story behind this build-up but we don't really get any of that so we just get so just going based off of the movie itself we find him with his computer going to a payphone Plugging it in, hooking up to the internet in nineteen ninety four. Internet to some forum that says, "Hi, lonely," or yeah, "Hi, lonely." Call this number, and he calls and he talks to a voice, which is very clearly Sharon Stone. That doesn't need to be spoiled or anything. Who wants him to? Who they've been talking for some time, apparently. They've established a repertoire, or or, a rapport, not repertoire, a rapport, and um, kind of uh, attraction to each other's voices. And she wants him to kill three people who killed her parents when she was a child. And he still doesn't want to do it. He said, "Go to the law, or you got to go about it another way. My skill set doesn't really work with these type of killings." so he's a hitman now we've we can kind of establish that and he's one that still has a code and sense of that he won't he only do certain hits that he wants to do i guess but he's he keeps talking to her because of her voice and he likes it and And she she wants a bomber
0: because bullets aren't precise yeah i guess (laughs) i mean could have hired a sniper maybe but i don't know yeah Uh, uh, but you know bombs famously precise because like that's the whole thing of the movie that's kind of the whole gimmick of the movie that he does controlled explosions that only kind of kill the target actually uh, another kind of thing of like you know things that are happening at, at the time uh in terms of other movies 1994 year of the bomb because like there was this movie, there was Speed, and there was also yep. that Jeff Bridges movie, uh, Blown Away.
1: Oh yeah, with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Worry, was Jeff Bridges.
0: Yep. Yeah. So um, bombs, nineteen ninety four. So that's what it was what? all about. <laughs> Wasn't
1: that when did the Oklahoma City bombing? Begin? Um,
0: I think that was either the same year or the year after. It was. I'm
1: looking at 1995. Oh, oh okay, so, 95. So there were bombs on the brain <laughs> that okay. led up to that. Okay. Um. But yeah. So apparently he, because of his guilt, which is never really it's talked about obviously in the script, but you don't really see it. <laughs> the guilt of killing the the child. Yes. Yeah. You he, never really he, feel it as, a, as yeah. like a, as a viewer of kind of like oh
0: this man seems so wracked with guilt. It's just like other people mention oh you feel guilty don't you You yeah. kind of like agrees sort of <laughs> that's it you know yeah but like I did put like uh, in my notes like phone call phone call with St- uh, stone um who's uh, playing a character called Mae Monroe uh mm-hmm. to say no to a hit job and then I've just put seems like we skipped a few steps because yeah. it seems like there's been like at least two other phone calls before this where they've built a rapport in a relationship and he's already declined the offer but he's phoning again to decline the offer again, which makes him seem kind of weird and desperate, but yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, he just keeps saying or because they even admit that they just like each other's voices yes. and then it's even made clear later on that he's been following her to see if she's a she's telling the truth or to see if she's a viable enough client yeah oh so, so i yeah. found
0: <laughs> right i like i said you know i couldn't really remember this movie because um I, I you know i'd just seen it on tv once years ago and i just couldn't really remember other than that there was explosions involved and there was like this the big sex shower scene and um that's 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 really it Uh, so um, but watching this film again the next scene confused me and I wanted to know if it also confused you so what happens in the next scene is Stallone is now um, playing the character Ray Quick Uh, so Ray is uh, stalking uh, May and um, uh, Stallone and Stone Ray and May is that all (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, It's just things that are fun to see in this movie. That's what it's all about. Uh, So he goes to stalk her. He's now stalking her, uh, seeing what she's up to. And she goes to a graveside, obviously the graveside of her parents. And we get like a flashback of her parents being murdered. And we get this kind of narration that seems just like narration. And he's got A kind of earpiece in his ear as if he has maybe uh put a bug on her and he's he's kind of listening out for for something but then uh, it is established that that is not the case we are not listening to narration we are listening to the recorded phone conversations that stallone has got on like his Mini disc or whatever it is, you know, like it's Walkman yeah. or or whatever. Um, so it just, it's just re- yeah,
1: it's real, yeah, it's real weird. It it I agree. It played because I thought originally. Later on, it's you know established more, but I thought the same thing. I was like, so does she know he's there, and that she's just you know they have to keep their distance for whatever reason, protocol, and she's just talking, knowing that he's listening. yeah that's kind of
0: what I thought I was like is she just like talking out loud or or like what's what's going on here or is this narration we're just hearing as an audience and he's listening out for something else or and then but then yeah then it's kind of established that no while stalking her he also listens to their previous phone calls which he's recorded which isn't creepy at all
1: no i mean he does everything listening to those phone calls he works out he's just i mean most of the first half of the movie is him just like walking around staring at her or listening to those phone calls
0: <laughs> yes we get lots of exciting listening back to recorded phone calls action um, yeah. as he kind of piningly uh, looks on at a distance to everything that that Sharon Stone's character May is doing um, yeah or May stroke Adrian we'll get into like how she has like an alias uh, so yeah I've just realized that like her, her alias is Adrian like they really missed a beat there where like they could have I suppose like Stone's character knows her and May so we can can really have Stone shouting Adrian at some point in the movie yeah but, yeah. We, we I feel like we should have uh, you know but anyway moving on moving on we we cut to more kind of miami action like we're at a big party there's more neon there's more uh there's more latino music playing and uh we're we're introduced to the kind of villains of
1: the piece as well which um mesa basically tells him that well if you're not going to help me i'm just going to do it myself and i know i have a plan or i know i'm going to be able to get close to him or stuff like that and he's saying and the whole time he keeps saying no stay away even when he agrees to do it he's like you need to stay away to make this work i don't know but she doesn't listen and goes to the party
0: (laughs) yeah and then yeah so like our 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 main our main villas i mean like joe is who's played by rod steiger um he's only really briefly introduced but we're kind of more we're more kind of fully introduced to uh Tommy, as he's, he's called and uh, um uh, and then who's played by eric roberts and uh, also we are reintroduced to james wood character ned trent yes uh and they're having like a, a little argument about like him getting paid to, like, ned <laughs> trent wants his money yeah um.
1: I, I like the there's the whole part where so he gives them some money and he goes, "What is this? This is a tip. This isn't what you owe me." And so he, th- "This is a tip for her, or like, would you pay her?" And he like gives. He yeah. Throws I just... one of the waitresses this stack of you know, all this money, and then yeah. she brings it right back. Apparently.
0: Well, yeah, like she brings it right back because um, Eric Roberts' character uh, just kind of beckons
1: her back. Just kind yeah. of goes like, you know. Yeah. Uh, get back because he, with that. Yeah. <laughs> he gets what he wants he makes that clear too yeah yeah he he always gets
0: what he wants thank eric roberts um so uh yeah as as i mentioned uh before we started recording so er- eric roberts's character and rod steiger's character both uh latino characters apparently um we'll get on to uh Rod Steiger's performance later on, but uh, yeah, it seems seems weird that they, particularly because this was directed by, um, you know, as a Hispanic director, you know, he comes from it yeah. comes from Peru, um, you know, like uh, it's weird that they cast these actors, you know, you know, notes for Hollywood just because somebody has a, an enthusiastic love for fake tan. Does not mean <laughs> they are Hispanic, Latino, whatever uh, you know uh,
1: term you want to use. But realizing this, that she also are directed, or they also directed Anaconda. They have that whole John Voigt does that oh, really yes. absurd accent, and that takes yeah, place. Yeah, no, like that. no, that is also
0: like a, that is an accent as well. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that that is true. That may So um Mr. Lozai doesn't seem to, to care about <laughs> about authentic. I mean yeah. despite despite his, his, his own heritage doesn't seem to care about authentic uh, Latin American accents or so <laughs> I I can't even remember what John Voice supposed to be. He's supposed to be from like Panama or something or like I, Yeah, it's like Panama or Paraguay. Paraguay. I think yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it might be supposed to be Paraguayan
1: is uh <laughs> yeah he is that's a rough one that's- that is that's
0: that's i recently uh not that long ago i re-watched that and it is kind of fun in a kind of stupid yeah. way um and uh the, one of the things i noted about that when re watching it i was like that's a real easy paycheck for eric stoltz he just spends yeah. like half the movie in bed <laughs> yeah i <Yeah>, know <laughs> so This is
1: like I'm gonna pay for this. Sure, whatever. (laughs) See, and that with like that acts the John Voight one. I think you end up you give it more leeway because you know it's a movie about a giant anaconda. And I think because yeah, I think because the the movie's
0: ridiculous and his performance is so ridiculous, you do give it much more leeway than the abomination in this movie (laughs) um which we will we will talk more about
1: (laughs) so so tommy um he sees adrian slash may and obviously because he gets what he wants he decides to walk over there and flirt with her and make sure that she knows he gets what he wants like he's very forceful about all of it so there's yeah. no like wooing or anything. He's just like, "You're gonna come with me." Yeah. <laughs> and she tries to like play flirty with him in a way, I guess, of kind like kind of like she's trying to play, you know, coy or play, you know, give him something to make him in- interested more. But she doesn't really. I, yeah, I the, it's just it's awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where. Like, and this is true of Sharon Stone's performance for most of the movie. Yeah. It's like she is trying to play coy and mysterious, uh, but she just comes over as bored and passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, she like, um, I think maybe she was possibly after you know previously starring in basic instinct and sliver and you know maybe she was just kind of bored of this femme fatale role so it was like
1: she just didn't care because she does feel like she's uh, phoning it in completely yeah her i mean stallone's bad too but i think yeah her out of everyone and most a lot of the cast for at least we will talk about more feel like at some point they're kind of phoning it in except james woods later on but her her, but she's kind of like the top one out of it like she's just like they're collecting the paycheck and reading the lines type of thing yeah for sure
0: yeah that, then right we get a couple of scenes to try and kind of uh ground uh stone's character real quick and kind of enter into his life we get like um one random scene that doesn't really need to be there. A couple of random scenes that don't really need to be there. There's one random scene where it's just like it cuts them for like all of like a minute uh, where he's just sitting around in his uh, secret warehouse bunker um, looking broody with his cat. Um, and then <laughs> that's all that happens there. Uh, and then we get this like kind of random scene. Now, you know, obviously, Stallone's kind of famous for like doing like rewrites in movies and kind of influencing like the productions of movies. You know, um, trying to get his way on things. And I feel like what happens kind of next is maybe one of those scenes because in the course of the movie, because he is a bomb expert and everything, he's just like setting off bombs. So he's he's basically um, just pulling the trigger on, on, on bombs you know like pressing the uh, pressing the button to let the explosions go off so he doesn't really, we don't really need an action man in this role Yeah. Um. so this scene where he like beats up some random punks on <laughs> on the bus just feels like very much inserted to kind of suit Stallone and be like look he's an action guy he can kick ass
1: yeah no, it's it, yeah, I'll agree. It feels like they're they're just trying to make things more exciting. And so it's like these punks are, you know, they're messing with a, a young girl, obviously. And then he offers his seat, or Stallone offers, or I guess I'll say is Ray offers his seat to, you know, a woman who's coming onto the bus to sit down. And she's obviously looks tired and just got off work or whatever it may be. And, you know, one of the punks takes it, the seat, and then is not going to give it up so he hands her his sunglasses says hold on to these for a second and then beats up the three men kicking one of them out the window and (laughs) gets his sunglasses back which has me go back to so because he's supposed to be the specialist this hitman and all that but he's never discreet like he's very clearly in a lot of the scenes he doesn't try and hide his face or anything (laughs) like if anybody tried to do any sort of investigation like oh yeah he was there just showing his face around you know
0: yeah that that is very true yeah he's just um kind of kick about he's not very stealthy like you know particularly in the many stalking scenes that we get he's not particularly stealthy or anything he's not like hiding behind things or like and you kind of using any sort of cover or anything. He, I mean, I mean, there's out, times, yeah. there's times where he's about six feet away from her, you know, that you're like, yeah. I mean, that is terrible. <laughs> if you're <laughs> like, I mean, what kind of CIA training is yeah. that, you know, like yeah. if you were trailing a suspect like that, you know, they could just be like, you realize I can see you're like across the street from me. I can, yeah, I can see you, right? You <laughs> know, I mean, it
1: feels like a, and it's you know this whole movie is takes itself so seriously and so do most of the cast but it, it feels like something that would be parodied in a sketch in like sketch comedy or where you know somebody's saying oh well, we could see you no you can't you know they're pretending to hide behind a bush or whatever it is <laughs> type of thing
0: yeah so like like you see like part of the problem of the movie is is uh, like uh, apart from Well, the the many issues in terms of the script, the acting, the pacing, whatever. One of the issues is this kind of level of self-seriousness and how the movie seems to think it is uh, this kind of body heat style neo-noir with some added action. And it's like, you're not though, right? (laughs) You realize you're not? (laughs) No, obviously not. (laughs)
1: Yeah, And I know we talked before that there really isn't, you could change up the cast, which I, I'm sure you'll want to get into, um, but there really isn't like a good version of this film. Where oh, so for, for it, sure, no. Where so many of the other ones we've talked about, well, not the past couple of weeks because those are decent, but um, it's been like, well, if you do this or this or this, maybe something genuinely good could be made out of it. And this one, yeah. It, I think it would be the same type of, you know, kind of blah movie it is. Yeah,
0: because like... it would still have the same script issues. It would still yeah. have probably the same pacing issues. It would still have the same kind of tonal issues of being like, you know, you should have made... Like, you should have made it, how you, you know, in the same way, with the same spirit you you made Anaconda. You're Like, yeah. you know, this is a trashy film. It knows it's a trashy film you know like you should more leaned into it more of like the trashy erotic thriller elements the the trashy action elements and like yeah if like i don't think it would make it a better movie like if it had like more gratuitous explosions in unity you know but like it might make it like a, a, a more f- fun movie yeah i agree yeah so um after that we 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 like uh cut to um Eric Roberts to me uh giving uh, may stroke Adrian i think she, he knows her as adrian whatever yeah. uh, the 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 tour of the grand tour of Miami which she previously stated that she she had lived in miami and uh, b- because it had it had changed uh, so much in that time uh he needs to give her a tour and also so we talked. Earlier, about um aging, uh, we should have mentioned this at the graveyard scene. Uh, there yeah. is a flashback to her parents being murdered, so when she was like uh, like eight, eight, nine years old, maybe nine, like nine years old. So the character is um, this is supposed to be like 16 years later, so the character is supposed to be in her early 20s. She's put like um, it seems okay. Um, Sharon Stone at the time was 36 and eric roberts at the time was 38 and yet in the flashbacks um eric roberts uh 16 years previously so even further back uh 16 years previously
1: exact same looks exact same so they should have just cast you know somebody like somebody to look like him but younger that's what you know or something at least
0: yeah but like even that you know even it's still it's still problematic because Eric Roberts and Sharon Stone are so close in age yeah so still it's like oh so he killed her parents when she was a kid and they clearly look of a similar age yeah that's so like I mean in my kind of fan theory for this film Eric Roberts character vampire
1: yeah Who can only be? Def- that's why he. It needs to be explosions. It can't be a gun or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah, yeah. famously, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> explosions are the only way to kill a vampire. I re- I think it's in Bram Stoker's Dracula or something. <laughs> is
0: it? It's in one of the. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, it's um, it's established in the mythology somewhere. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> so so there we go. To me, is it, vampire. Uh, maybe, maybe like uh, that whole family, maybe the Leon family, are, are just um, all vampires, yeah, um, who have been running Miami crime for like you know the previous uh, two hundred years or something. Like that. There cool. So, so yeah, it's um, there's many silly things in this film, but I definitely find that one of the silliest. Just being, because yeah. you, you constantly think about it. You're just like, what he. Killed her parents when she was a kid. Eh,
1: that,
0: no, that doesn't add up at all. I mean, like, I'm definitely
1: my, uh, there's no suspension of disbelief here. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't know. <laughs> so the trouble with this movie, too, is that there's just up until, I, I even want to say that, you know, there is some explosions before and some hits laid out, mm-hmm. but up until that, the hour mark. Like, this thing just feels like it's a series of scenes of Ray stalking May slash Adrian, who is now with Tommy or Eric Roberts' character to try and get, I don't know. It just feels like we're just watching a series of scenes to lead up to a movie. Well, I mean, yes. And I think, um, again, part of the problem
0: is, like, the tonal thing of, like... You know, everybody seems to be thinking this is, like, some sort of gritty film, but it doesn't feel like a gritty film. And then, like, yeah, it feels like a lot of people are phoning in and performing. Like, I mean, generally, you know, it's the 90s. Of course you want uh, Eric Roberts as your your sleazy action villain. Uh, but, like, he's, he's not even... You know, you don't even get full Eric Roberts. He's not, no. you know, like... Um, he's a bit of a sleazeball but like he's definitely not one of Eric Roberts um most fun sleaziest performances and he he, again he just feels like very dialed in very kind of bored and we even get like um, not long after this we get like um, there's a scene where like Tommy and uh, me are you know making out in a car back a car and then Stone just what you know walks by and um, then like tommy comes out and like he's he's, he's raging and like there's a big kind of confrontation because like and this is like the, the one scene they have together. like again, it feels kind of shoehorned in just so they can have a scene together. And then, like, um, yeah, Eric Roberts' character pulls out a knife and, like, <laughs> Stone just looks bored. He's just like, eh, whatever. And, like, yeah. um, you know, and, yeah, Eric Roberts isn't really leaning into it either. So it feels like, again, there's just this kind of weird lack of tension and even these kind of violent yeah. moments where somebody, you know, a man is holding a knife to another man's eye and yet you're just kind of like, yeah i'm sure he'll be fine he'll probably just walk away oh look he's just walked away cool yeah
1: (laughs) yeah because that whole thing is him saying oh you're looking at her or do you want me you know or whatever and well that's kind of the point that's supposed to turn ray or stallone into being like okay i'm going to finally do this job yeah for you which it comes out way later too. It fe- that's what, it feels too long for him to finally agree to do this job too. I don't know. Or unless yeah. it just feels long when I was watching it. <laughs> it, 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 it could have been five minutes. I would have been like, man, I, I've been watching this thing for 50 minutes now. What is going on? <laughs>
0: and again, it just feels like, um, so like there's this phone call where Ray phones up me and um, he's, he's explaining you know his his rules and like this is his code that he kind of lives by these these kind of three rules that he's, he's giving you know for all his missions all his jobs whatever and then like again it just doesn't feel kind of grounded in anything it's just like it, you know there's other even in kind of silly movies like um because i was thinking about something like the transporter it's yeah. like you know jason statham's character frank he does seem like a man who lives by a certain code you know and he does like his rules feel like they matter even though it's silly and of course he breaks them all because you know like yeah because you know the, the plot wouldn't happen otherwise but like these just feel like arbitrary like it's just like eh, well, I, I don't you know it doesn't feel like kind of yeah. like these are these are his strict rules and we we know this character we know he lives by these rules you know like this is how he works You know, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like uh, he's just saying things. Because,
1: yeah, it seems like they should have given us a scene where we witness him doing another job or, you know, something like that. Because even talking about Transporter, that that did where we got where we saw another job that he did before. So we can kind of go, oh, I get it. Yeah, so that's him doing it when he's like doing his official rules. And then now we're watching him do this next job, and his official rules kind of unravel. Yeah,
0: yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like there should have been maybe maybe a scene like maybe even instead of the Columbia thing, like yeah. you know just I, I see kind of establishing like who this who this guy is. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. And I also like like I I think you know one of the entertaining things about this movie is there is moments of unintentional hilarity. Um, so there when Ray phones up. To accept the job, like me, is fully clothed. Yeah. But then during the course of the conversation, she is suddenly in her underwear.
1: Yeah. Well, there because even there's points when he's listening to her f- conversation, and then I guess it's him. It's either flashes of something she's doing, or it's him imagining her undressing. There's that whole scene that pops up li- again. It's just a slew of scenes of this. So I don't I don't even know if we can go <laughs> beat by beat with it because they're all the same. But I remember sitting there watching going, this is... Yeah, I think it's why he's doing his like, Tai Chi thing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going way too long. It just doesn't... It's supposed to be sexy, I guess, but it's not weird. It's just like coming off pointless and weird. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just... Imagine imagining her she's talking in his ear and he's just imagining her breathing yeah i think like that rubbing is... her leg <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I, like again it's kind of confusing as to whether this is happening in reality or is he he's just imagining this this happening while he's doing his uh tai chi and um doing press ups and stuff and like having a little training montage so yeah we again it's a very funny scene because like he has this little training montage where he's he's doing some tai chi he's of course shirtless you know you know showing off his you know his his biceps and his, his you know Um, his ripped abs and and he made sure to
1: get all oiled too yes he got he was
0: very much went the the pro wrestling route he is all tanned up he's all baby oiled up you know like he's he's got he's got all so he is absolutely glistening off the screen and um yeah and then this that's intercut with like me like wandering around her flat you know like uh, just uh, in a kind of silky nightgown in her underwear you know like whatever um doing sexy things or, or what's supposed to be sexy things and i think it's supposed to just be like this is in his um, imagination he's okay. uh, while listening to the rec- phone request record- you know like what like you said you know he seems to always be listening to these foreign recordings which makes him seem all sorts of creepy to be honest but um <laughs> um so he's doing that and then um and yeah, she's just kind of wandering around. You don't even like see her face or anything. She's just kind yeah. of wandering around. It's uh done. It's kind of shot in that kind of moody blue of, again, it's, you know, it's supposed to be that kind of neo-noir kind of body heat thing. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really come off. Like all the kind of eroticism is, it doesn't feel very erotic. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting into the plot actually kind of moving forward for this type of movie he um uh, so he agrees yeah, to, like
0: actually i've double checked my notes like that that scene does happen slightly after um the the, the,
1: the first, first one hit. Yeah. okay yeah because i don't know again
0: it happens just kind of just after okay
1: so he decides he agrees to do it um Tomei, what he gets her even though that's again with some timeline issue things if they've been seeing each other for a while or something, but he gets her an apartment too. But um, that's, yeah. But so he agrees to do it and he goes to what is, it's supposed to be a club, but it's also a, a brothel. A brothel, honestly. I think. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a, a brothel. And so yeah. the, yeah. And so the guy, one of the, the three men that were involved in killing her parents goes to kind of check out they, the... I,
0: I don't no. think his character name is ever mentioned. No, but I checked the credits. Uh, it's his character is called Charlie, and it's played okay. by an actor called Mario Ernesto Sanchez. So there's no similarity Latino actors.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> and so they, so he just, what he um, was just with uh, a prostitute, and he makes some comment about he's gonna see her later, and then there's one who is kind of complaining to him about something at some point. Or, I don't even. That's the hard part. <laughs> Trying to get no, to no, no, no. Like he's,
0: he's not with. He just goes. No, no. So, um, okay. you're thinking about a later scene. Okay. Um, so, like, Charlie uh, just uh, goes to the brothel owner. Yeah. And basically says, "Oh, you're skimming off the top, kind yeah. of thing," and like takes him out. That's that's okay. all he does. He's not with him. He's not. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, um, you, yes, you're you're thinking of a later interaction of a later hit okay because i know there's <laughs> the
1: the young woman who's like yelling at him at some point and then well St- she, she, when she's gonna open the door stallone says oh let me buy you a drink
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like that, that young woman's yelling about payment to the, to okay. the brothel owner not the okay the kind of henchman guy there is another interaction yes. between a, a, a prostitute and a henchman later on in yes. in, in, the, in the movie Um, it gets very confusing but yeah (laughs) continue (laughs) so
1: he goes into this office and during that time ray slips one of these bombs kind of in between the door again he's not even that discreet he's very clearly standing there nobody apparently knows that he's doing this but he slips the bomb so that when the door opens it'll go off and yeah then Charlie is, he basically, he kills the, the brothel own, owner because they think he's skimming off the top and that um, September was missing out of the book, which would suggest that he was doing that. And so the, the young woman is going to go in there, but Stallone grabs her and says, well, I'll buy you a drink. So she doesn't open the door. And then I think they're just kind of sitting there watching it ha- happen and then yeah he opens the door it blows up to where it's only him it's only charlie erupts everybody kind of else is fine but you know they're shooken up and they tells the woman that she should go find you know a new job or different line of work or something and then he just walks away and again (laughs) nobody's like hey that guy
0: (laughs) guy that's very that's very true that that guy who was kind of looking suspicious by that door and very (laughs) unsurubstitiously uh placed something by that door uh no he just he just walks away scot-free and you know it's again it's not it's weird because there's a bunch of explosions in this movie and a lot of them don't feel particularly exciting although i would say this scene is entertaining because of again unintentional hilarity of just the way Charlie is flown back into a fish tank and you yeah. see his head in the in the fish tank It is I, I found that very funny and then also music by John Barry
1: you get like a great kind of bond music sting <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the explosions are fun in the sense because it, it will show the each one will show the bodies, you know, kind of fly up or fly certain ways. They make sure to show these kind of the dummies fly around the explosions. Yeah, but yeah, which doesn't
0: it, make them. It, it, you're you're not like <laughs> kind of that's cool. You're just kind of like, well, that's funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> like that. That's all it is, and it's supposed to seem more intense, but it's not. And It's like everything else where, you know, the lead up to the explosions, the lead up to the sex scene, it's just, it should be, it's on paper, like explosions and sex, that sounds exciting. And then it's all kind of yawn worthy. (laughs) Oh, I know. And then like, yeah, again,
0: immediately, as soon as something exciting happens, we are like, we immediately cool down because it's like, oh, this exciting thing has happened. The first hit has happened. Woohoo, the plot has kicked off. And then we get like um, a series of meetings, yeah, <laughs> uh, be- between the ge- you know between the villains, and in in between the two meetings that we have, there's uh, there's two meeting scenes real close together, and in between those meeting scenes, we get the Stallone training montage, and you're just like, yeah, okay, this feels like padding uh, like we definitely could have cut out one of the meeting scenes like yeah. the first meeting scene where it's, it's just the three of them uh that is to uh ned Train, and uh, joe uh they could have cut that one out and then yeah. just had the one where they meet with the police chief uh you know and that's you know just have that one we don't, yeah. you know the, the other one's just kind of like padding so we can just have another confrontation of uh ned and to me like they really don't like each other we've already established that in the party scene earlier on i i don't we don't really need to establish this further but sure we're doing this now okay yeah and,
1: <laughs> and so this is even before we get to see james wood's you know so So yes you know in a good i I should i should
0: mention right so um you know before we we did this podcast you watched the movie last night you sent me a message on twitter you dm me to say like i'm about 40 minutes in this movie it feels kind of dull and clunky and like most people seem to be phoning in performances including the villains now i was kind of confused by this because i was like oh I, i i've fairly sure like having looked at some clips from this movie before re-watching it that uh you know James Wood is acting James Wood's is, acts his socks off and as as much as I uh loathe to give any credit to James Woods nowadays uh due to being you know um, yeah. look it up on the <laughs> internet he's a problematic dude just you know look it up um in your own time anyway so i was kind of like yeah hey, he's, he's like you know he's probably overacting you know in a couple of uh clips that i watched on, on youtube before we watched it or whatever. but i in the end i kind of agreed with you because like kind of in the first 40 minutes of the movie he's not really overacting yeah. it's only once we get to to this big scene uh, when he meets the police bomb squad, who, uh, like, it turns out, uh, are, are working with the gangsters, because Big Jolion uh, he owns the police. He, apparently, Miami PD is, uh, is totally paid off by him, so, like, he can just order investigations and shit.
1: And all, every single officer is completely fine with that. Yes. <laughs> so like, oh, okay. This, <laughs> you know, this um, drug cartel's you know, henchman is coming in and telling us what to do. Okay. Yeah, we'll listen to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they true. treat
1: him like a regular, too. Like, just one of their own cops. That's why it feels like James Woods, for a bit, was supposed to be, like, just a cop or something. I don't know. Because that's what he feels like, for a bit. Like, oh, he's he's not actually working for the cartel. He's a dirty police officer, but he's not. I don't I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's, there's a version of that, that like, and I think, like, I feel like when we have, before we get to the and squad scene. Yeah, because uh, which is one of the best. Which is one of the f- most fun scenes in the movie, where James Woods is really acting his socks off. Like, um, so we have more properly introduced uh, Rod Steiger's character, Joel Leon, um, at this point, after having these couple of meetings um, with, the, with the police chief and all that. Now... I mean, his accent is just really something else. Yeah, I mean, it really is one of the worst. (laughs) I mean, I don't even, like, it is an absolute, I don't even know where it's supposed to come from. It's just, like, it's not identifiable as any accent from any Latin American country. It's just, like... I mean, it makes some of the accents in, in, in Scarface look, uh, you know, toned down. It's just, yeah. it's an unbelievable, I like, and again, I'm not sure why he was cast. I'm not sure after they heard that accent why they continued to be like, yeah, okay, Rod, you're doing great. <laughs>
1: yeah. he must I mean, it's a, a choice. Yeah, a great agent at that time.
0: <laughs> he must have. That was like, I, like, mean, he- I mean, he's not a, Terrible, you know, like he's in in the heat in the night, and you know a bunch yeah. of other other stuff where he's good, you know, like it's not like he's a terrible actor, but in this, he's just, and his performance is just weird, yeah, like because he, there is so much in the movie where he looks like he is not only bored but literally on the brink of just being like somebody like coming in and being like, oh it's time for your nap, broad, you know, like and uh and then other times just not so much chewing the scenery as you know devouring it with a massive fork yeah uh it's it, uh is i mean it's it's truly staggering so in his performance gets more over the top as the movie goes on as well he and his accent gets more outrageous and bizarre as the movie goes on
1: too well and he just uses like it seems like he uses the same word to because you know there's that whole thing of like people getting into an accent they'll use a um specific phrase or whatever it may be to start them out yeah and um so it'll be like the same couple like you don't know who you're you know whatever and he uses that those same couple words in almost That's every sad. sentence <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> Oh, okay so you're trying to that's like how you're getting into that accent that is general south america central america <laughs> i <It's> mean like...
0: <laughs> it is, i mean like uh i mean that might sound that might sound bad but it's, it's no worse than um rod Stegart. It like you say it's like you don't you don't know you know <laughs> like yeah it's like that is not that no real person from any Latin or South American wherever your accent is supposed to be coming from um like it's it's not no <laughs> <laughs> and as we kind of discussed off air I thought like I was trying to like recast the movie um which can kind of you kind of mentioned I think that's a good time to bring it up yeah so like my recasting of the movie was Joe uh, would be played. Uh, by uh, Naked Gun villain and um, also Can himself, Ricardo Malteman. And uh, Eric Roberts' character would be played by Andy Garcia. I don't know um, what, like I was looking up what Andy Garcia was doing in 1994. He made When a Man Loves a Woman. Um, But yeah, I could maybe fit this in, I don't know. Uh, And then because like as I said I don't feel like this movie actually needs like an action hero because it's just a guy standing at the sidelines setting off explosions for most of the movie apart from like two scenes, the scene where he kicks the punk's ass on, on the bus which feels just very much kind of put there for a stolen and a scene later on where he's kicking out some ass. I don't don't really need an action hero. So like you know we could have had like the type of actor who who starred in these types of films and stuff like that, like uh, Michael Douglas or Richard Gere, both of which um, were Sharon Stone's co-stars in other movies. Yeah, um, that's my recap. I I would just you know like she's terrible in the movie,
1: but like uh, Sharon Stone <laughs> can stay as as her character, and James and J- Woods can still yeah. be James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> because of this scene coming up yeah because Smith's. of this scene specifically <laughs> when he goes to the bomb squad and there is one cop that is not having it doesn't want to you know listen to some mobster or cartels lackey because he's a cop and um, like
0: i i don't know like because i'm not sure about how this all works so joe has definitely paid off the police chief but I, I, it's not fully established how much the bomb squad know about like they know that this other guy is coming in but it's not it's never established if they know that he works for these mobsters because like, the, the bomb yeah. squad guy says i don't trust any ex so-and-so so like maybe the bomb squad don't actually know that they're working for criminals but the police chief had just told them that this ex-CIA guy is um, coming on as an advisor for this investigation.
1: That might, yeah, that
0: makes more sense. I mean, just, I, again, just reading between
1: the lines and kind yeah. of making my own movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your better movie with a better cast. <laughs> but, I mean, it this little part's great because he's saying... That he doesn't want to listen to... Yeah, when you already stated it, not listening to any ex-whoever. And then you, know, you have James Woods doing the... Oh, I guess I don't know what... I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But it's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just know. And he's like, pick up these little pieces. This right here is... Plastic explosive could blow up the... This whole room and then everything else. But I don't know what I'm talking about. And he's <laughs> making that bomb as he keeps saying this. He's making like this detonator in a pen. And yeah... <laughs> oh well i don't know what i'm talking about i just need a transmitter oh wait what about right here he like turns it on yeah
0: it's a it's a great scene and he, yeah. he's he's uh he says everything with such relish and yeah. like he's uh it's it's the way like the bomb squad guy like the captain of the bomb squad or like the leader of the bomb squad or, or whatever like um says at some point like oh you're crazy and then he just like uh, with such relish and glee just says I'm the craziest person you'll ever meet <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is like even if you did think this was like some guy who's like being put on as an advisor because he's some sort of expert um I mean you probably report that of being like yeah. uh this guy I mean he literally just built a bomb in the office and he literally told us he, he was the craziest person <laughs> we'll ever meet. And he kind of terrifies us. Like, where did you get this expert?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, he s- started the bomb's timer. <laughs> yeah. Until, until there was one second left and then decided to turn it off. He was going to let us explode. <laughs>
0: He literally told us to her faces he did not care if this bold thing is what he seems like he has maybe a death wish. Um, yeah. like I'm not sure
1: I want to work with this fella. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, but during that scene, he also this is I guess foreshadowing, but not great. He sees a they're running through the pictures at the party. And um, to kind of do all the background checks and see who might be connected to the bombings. and there's a on the screen is a picture of um, May, Sharon Stone. and it's clear that Ned knows who she is, but it doesn't know or doesn't establish the relationship or anything at all, but yeah. he knows her because he makes some comment about I'll handle the background stuff. He seems like kind of, I don't know because, like, I don't know. It's never
0: established if he's actually seen her like wandering about the place or like they don't seem to see each other at the party. So he, at this point, they've not had an interaction and yeah. he seems surprised to see her. So it seems like she's just somebody from his past or something. Like maybe they had a romantic relationship. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just seems, it didn't, it didn't seem. Like what is established later didn't seem like, oh, it's kind of like, ah, oh, okay, I, I guess, yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, after some more kind of well, we get some like, uh, to me, takes uh, me back to his place, we get some more padding and stuff like that, but um, then it is then it is the second hit, which, um, yeah, like yes. uh, like, again. I can see why you got them confused because there's a henchman involved, a prostitute involved. But, yeah. but like um, yes, so there's a henchman. Um, uh, the henchman in this is uh credited as a strong arm. Uh, okay. that's the the name of this character. <laughs> and uh proving that they knew other Latino actors, uh it's played by a guy called uh, Sergio Dori Jr. Okay. Um so um they were around uh, yeah. so anyway and, once again
1: <laughs> and this one is where since they know about the bombs he like, i don't know it, it, i guess it's could be more fun than it actually is but where he thinks anything could be a bomb going all the way to his car and everything
0: That's right. So he's very tentative, pressing the the down on the the elevator. He briefly thinks about getting taken the stairs, but he's like, no, I'd probably rather blow up than take the stairs. (laughs) Uh, But the bomb's not in the elevator. And then he goes down to his car and he has a look under his car and he finds a bomb. He finds uh, like a a, a grouping of, of, of dynamite. Uh, under under his car, you know, and he's like, "Ah, uh-huh, I've, I've found a bomb." But he still, he still feels like there might be a second bomb, so he gets a, a valet to start <laughs> his car, um, and then yeah, starts his car. Okay, so no bomb there. So it's like, so he's got one bomb. there's no bomb there. So he thinks he's safe, but is he safe,
1: Craig? No, because when he goes to get the I guess when you're exiting you know, the car parking lot and you press your code to release the gate, when he presses his code, it does a countdown and says bye-bye. So that's where the bomb was at. Indeed. And it blows out the at him and then sends him in his chair <laughs> flying in the air. Like a flying a very, or a very
0: bond moment as well. Like, like, yeah. like it's an ejector seat or something. It just flies direct shoots directly up in the air he, he did seem very slow to react there's a countdown of like 10 seconds yeah and like i feel like he had enough time to put the car into reverse
1: yeah because he realizes it to like a good you know with like seven eight seconds within the first couple of seconds he's like yeah within the oh, first couple cut. of seconds like
0: where, you know when it counts down to about eight he's yeah. like oh shit this is a bomb so like he could have like hit the you know just just uh you know hit full throttle and gone go forward or or like even or even try to reverse or something you yeah. know like try and fly through the gate or or either you know uh you know like fly back into reverse uh back into the car park whatever but yeah. no he just sits in so again it kind of lacks tension because you're just like he's just watching this timer go down yeah. it's like I mean, you definitely, definitely, you could do something in in these final moments that you have, but you've just yeah. chosen to sit and watch the timer until it counts down to zero and says, you know, like that's it. Um,
1: yeah, and even says bye bye, Like a couple extra seconds. End, you know? yeah.
0: like uh, you know, so um, yeah, so you're oh, you're just watching it,
1: being like, well, this guy's an idiot. He's just, yeah. he's not doing anything it's like um i don't know one of those austin powers spoofs yeah just like a james Bond kind of thing or you know where you know there's they're rolling towards the guy with the roller and he's is yelling i forgot i think in the original austin powers and they're saying yeah, get out of the way yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's it what it feels like yeah, it does
0: feel like the kind of steamroller scene in there, yeah. there. um yeah and then again like this so Information so sometimes information is given too early, sometimes it's given too late, whatever. Uh, you know, we've had like missing scenes at the start, or you know, like what could have established the relationship between Ray and me, and you know, what could establish, you know, race, you know, what happened in the 10 years in between, or whatever. But we get like suddenly, we get how all these characters know, shit. Yeah. and like uh, again, maybe it's like the specifics of the explosive device that's in the ticket machine or whatever that means that Ned suddenly knows it's it's Ray, but um, he he suddenly seems to know it's Ray. And then we find out that it's he doesn't suddenly seem to know it's Ray. This is not something that has dawned upon him. He has always known that it's Ray because it turns out he has instructed me to hire Ray so there he for he can trap Ray and get revenge on Ray. It seems uh, yeah yeah it just seems like there's shit missing and it's like uh, okay you you've made this overly convoluted plot that just is just full of like uh, what now I yeah okay I guess this is what's happening now all these characters always knew each other of course they did I, I, I guess that was not seeded at all but i'll go with it i suppose
1: yeah that's why i don't know, i think going back it, it would have worked better if you just had if you didn't have maybe have the relationship between woods and stallone in the beginning and just establish stallone's you know um rules and all of that and just i don't know because adding their relationship thing as you already said it makes it convoluted or i don't know it's trying to make like some big kind of conning twist element but then that doesn't even work out that well because they throw that away and
0: yeah it does feel like um they could have streamlined the plot in just in terms of like they could have had a very similar plot but they could have basically taken out because because the the gangsters don't do anything to the ball yeah like you know joe and tomate don't actually really do anything to the ball other than like there is the backstory of like Tommy is like killed may's parents but you don't even really need to have that you could have just had like james woods is kicked out of the cia He then somehow, uh, maybe becomes you know, he he, you know, maybe he hides his CIA record or does something, um, and then he becomes a a shitty, dirty cop, and then he wants his revenge on Ray, and then maybe me, uh, is you know, becomes. It becomes involved in, in a crime and he says like oh well you know you could go down for five years but you know but otherwise you know like you could get away scot-free if you do this thing for me and you know you could have set up like that and he's just like blackmailing her or something yeah i, I don't know like you definitely could have streamlined that you like so convoluted the way they've done it
1: yeah, yeah i agree i mean but again we're just Remaking this film yeah. for Doris no because the I don't know because it is because at like the hour whenever they meet finally at the hour ten I think you were saying yeah uh, it's like,
0: about yes I so I looked at, at the time so like when they uh, like when they actually meet and she, he frisks her. That was uh one hour and nine minutes and yeah. this movie is uh, an hour and forty five.
1: Yeah, and that by that point then it feels like it jumps to a different type of movie because then all of the you know people except Joe that she is you know associated with the killing of her parents are dead. So it's like yes, the mission is already that yeah. she has
0: uh like a, a vendetta against our yeah but we, we should probably if, we'll get if, yeah we, we, we should probably uh cover the death the very anticlimactic death <laughs> of tommy
1: yeah who's supposed to be the big villain kind of and yeah i mean it is you know very anticlimactic and it just again he's supposed to be this kind of the big villain and instead you're just watching him at the pool and Stallone is then watching him, and he puts on the... The bomb is within, like, a saucer for a coffee cup. They switches, and it goes... And, you know, that's supposed to go to him as he's going to his, what, like, sauna or changing room in this kind of pool.
0: Yeah. Where he gets his... Yes. I mean, just... It just feels... Again, it's unintentionally hilarious because it just feels kind of so ridiculous. Of, like, so he's hidden this bomb within, and, you know, it's like, a, you know, it's not just any coffee cup. It's like one of those little espresso cups, you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah, just it's enough for the, you know, or, or, you know, like uh, one shot coffee. And, um, yeah, and then and then Char- me comes into the changing room just to s- reveal her name, because she said at the start of the film, she wanted to be like, that was the last thing that he ever hears and sees of like her face <laughs> and then revealing her her real name because she's been adrian uh to him up until this point and um but then it's just yeah and you don't even like unlike the other ones where you get the kind of entertainingness of like the body being flung backwards or whatever or like something like you know kind of looking fun and silly that doesn't even happen you just get out like a flash of his face, a flash of her face going, me, Monroe. And then, like, and then he's dead. It's like, and then Uh, his limp body and her limp body are, like, carted out the changing room.
1: Yeah, and you're supposed, and so uh, this, too, is supposed to make you feel some emotion, which it doesn't. But Stallone, Ray sees her walking into the room, and so he's running to try and get in there to be like, no, don't, you know obviously you're going to blow up and so you think oh because they've established this relationship it's going to be another one of those things like i don't know the movie uh, what's a big like vertigo or whatever where you know he thinks she's dead and that becomes this guilt but she's not actually dead if anybody hasn't seen vertigo you know, yeah just spoiled that for you but that's true (laughs) but one of the key problems of that even at the
0: time of the release (laughs) of the movie was one of the most kind of promoted scenes from the movie was this hot shower sex scene which guess what hasn't happened yet so (laughs) we know for a fact even when the movie was released even if you'd just seen a trailer of the movie at the time that the character of me not dead
1: yeah (laughs) and he's not even that heartbroken i don't know because the whole thing it's just since they've only been talking through like these little you know phone calls that weren't even that coded i mean again he's not a great hitman yeah. in that sense but it just you don't they just don't actually... have
0: any real chemistry yeah. and they do feel like they're they're having kind of two separate conversations at times you know it yeah. like, he's rambling on and she's rambling on like uh, she's rambling on about her, her backstory and and all this kind of stuff and he's he's just kind of being like no i'm not gonna take the job actually no i'm gonna i'm mm-hmm. gonna take the job i like your face yeah i like your face too like you know like that one I don't know
1: why yeah they just don't have any chemistry yeah and so so obviously then ned also thinks she's dead during it and um now now this is kind of where joe starts going into like switching gears and he's doing his scene chewing because his son's dead oh yeah he like it. yeah he's he's full this is
0: it this is his best of this is Rod Steiger's best bit of scenery chewing when he is just chewing out uh, Ned or like they, they always refer to him as Trent so like yeah. when he's just chewing out Trent um, as Trent kind of smugly pretends to care that Tame is dead without
1: kind of bursting into laughter which yeah. he almost <laughs> seems to do <laughs> and then uh, he even comes back saying you know um, Joe's you know, all upset about it and being like, well, he wasn't listening, (laughs) you know? I mean,
0: mean like, and you're just, again, it's such a hilarious scene because you've got James Woods doing this kind of smirky thing where he's just like, you know, kind of just about on the brink of laughter. And then you've got Rod Steiger, who's just shouting and screaming in this indecipherable, Latin American accent <laughs> where he says, like, You don't know there's a boss around here. I do not know the boss around me. You're like, oh, yeah, Ron. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay. That is, uh, that is some acting. That's some acting. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: he's got the in the heat of the night, the <laughs> Cabby Award on a shelf. He doesn't need it. <laughs> Yeah.
0: And it's then, not, um, yeah, yeah so, I mean, like, yeah. again, we get kind of more, uh, we get some more kind of padding where like yeah. uh, Ray uh, breaks into May's house because he's a creepy stalker like we've yeah. established <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. does not have boundaries and he, he's got a weird fixation on, on this woman and again it just comes over more weird yeah of just because of how it's kind of portrayed of like him constantly listening to these phone recordings and the way he kind of stalks her. I mean, and I know it's supposed to be one of those kind of femme fatale relationships where, you know, like the guy is just drawn into the, the web of this woman by, by her, her sexuality and just like, uh, and all that kind of thing. But I think partly because like they have no comic chemistry and, and partly because like, a lot of those noirs you can kind of see the thread of it of like how the guy has become intoxicated and how they, they slowly you know become more subservient to, to the to this woman you know um, or whatever you know in the kind of classic noirs. But in this, is just like I don't know. I mean, he, he seems kind of creepy and stalkery from the yeah. very beginning. He doesn't seem like he's been drawn in by anything.
1: it's just like, well, I like the look of your legs, so uh, yeah. Yeah. He's rubbing. There's a, that whole scene where he's like rubbing her sheets. Yeah. Right? And I don't. Yeah. Now Ray Quick is a creepy guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hero of our movie, people. <laughs> yeah. And so was it. So now Trent. Or Ned Trent is like, okay, well, I'm going to get him finally. He put, he does the the fake ad, to which Stallone calls and answers, and the woman's trying to the you know her. So the only reason for the police cop or the the women officers is to yeah. make is to either like make, make some sort of relationship comments or <laughs> something. You know, the hilarious yeah. thing about this, right, is yeah. that. The,
0: the female officer in this scene who talks to Ray and kind of and who's in a couple of scenes she's in the, the, the bomb squad scene earlier yeah. and she's in a kind of uh, a bit near the end and stuff like that. So she she pops up you know prominently in at least three scenes right Yeah now the the, the hooker who turned up in the, the, the brothel scene earlier she gets a character name. Tina, the, the one who uh, Ray saves. Yeah. She gets a character named Tina. This character, uh, played by the actress, uh, I'm going to say the pronunciation is is Mate Valan, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, any listeners who uh, want to correct my pronunciation, I'm happy to listen. Um, her character, just ordinance expert. Okay. Didn't, didn't get a character name.
1: Yeah. No, I, and I realized because I was kept going. Is she going to play kind of a bigger part or something? Because they keep showing us her. I turned to her and she has, but all she has is that line. That's basically where he's reading. Does this sound like a good um? What is it? Personal ad. Yeah. And she's like, oh, the story of my. That's the story of my life, or whatever she says, and that's it. Yeah, for her, and then she featured right.
0: prominently in in this scene as well, and she's getting some lines in this thing. But, like, yeah, again, she seems like she's going to be um, a bigger character in the final stretch of the movie than she actually is. But I do feel like she has more lines than other characters. Yes. I feel like she should have had a character name
1: other than ordinance Expert. Yeah. I <laughs> agree. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they get Ray on the phone and you know they have to keep him on for 60 seconds but and what is it so Ned's trying everything and he says um okay we'll say they have a message from May and once that happens then Stallone's just like oh is Ned there <laughs> and then yeah again this movie is just like suddenly characters have knowledge that we're just like
0: how did he, what how how have they how does he know how does he suddenly know that this is oh, Trent is just, uh, you know, there to to set him up. And I love this because, like, this scene goes on for what seems like ages. (laughs) Like, they seem to talk on the phone for about 10 minutes, but apparently they've only talked on the phone for 57 seconds
1: when Stallone hangs up. Yeah, and I like how it, it just has James Woods yelling out, you know, obviously Ray is exposing him more, saying, did you tell... Or do all these people know why you're the CIA dismissed you? You you know, had a fetish or whatever he says that you got your kicks blowing people up and you never had a code. And then you just have James Wentz throwing stuff around. He's telling people not to look at at him and they're like, you know, staring forward. Uh, (laughs) It's hilarious because like um,
0: he starts this scene like, oh, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally playing it cool, and then when he like Ray is init- initially saying like, "I'll oh, put Ned on the phone." Like he's like, don't know, he's wondering about it and he looks uh, quite pensive and like, you know, quite thoughtful. And it's like, it feels like this kind of game of cat and mouse of, of just being like, you know, trying to outthink each other. And then all of a sudden he just goes volcanic and he starts shouting things like, I'll kill you. I'll vaporize your ass. And yeah. He's just throwing shit about the place. And he just
1: it's just like, oh yes, the master criminal that is yeah. Ned Trent, yeah, who apparently taught Ray everything he knows, <laughs> so it's to be like, it was like to stay cool in any situation,
0: yeah. Oh, it's it's great stuff. It's great. I, I like James Woods really, I, again, as much as I was to give any credit to
1: uh, James Woods, um, I, he he really is what makes this movie. It, so the so the um, funeral comes up. Or at least the obituary. And um, Ray goes to the the funeral for Adrian Hastings, and it ends up not being her because, you know, we didn't see that coming. (laughs) Not not spoiled by any of the trailers or promotional material. (laughs) (laughs) But then she does appear, to which she says she had to do that, you know, for whatever reason. And he quickly, like, pushes her against the wall. Risks her very sensually because <laughs> this is part erotic thriller kind of yeah, and this is it's coming up the, the moment this movie has been leading to of these two characters that we apparently have been wanting to meet <laughs> for for so long tensions. we have we have
0: longed <laughs> for them to be but before we get to the infamous shower scene we should talk about one more thing uh, before we get to that which is more James Woods action of like he stops by the funeral as the funeral procession are walking out with the (laughs) casket and he waves a gun in a priest's face and says open the fucking casket and then they open the casket and he just sighs and goes oh bitch (laughs) and like the confused look on the procession's face oh and, the and
1: unintentional di- hilarity yeah and during the funeral they're talking about this woman that the woman that actually died and how great she was and like helping orphans <laughs>
0: you know all this stuff oh that's that, that's right you know like all these orphans all these you know, like Cuban immigrants and stuff like that you know like um, help helping my you know yeah, yeah get their start in america you know like um she was a great lady was um adrian hastings you know the real well whatever but it i, I again more hilarity uh but uh, yeah. So then we get so the second scene is kind of confusing because yeah. I, I again because of the kind of slightly weird way this movie is edited sometimes we kind of cut too quickly from things much like the espresso bomb thing yeah and you know and it so it feels confusing. So this they start making out next to a bed, they then <laughs> start having sex in a bed. And then I'm not sure if they have sex and then they have sex again in the shower
1: or how it's all because how this yeah. is all how this is all going on. Um, because so it shows them in the shower, then not then they're in the bed wet and then they're back in the shower. Or something
0: yeah why i know that they're standing next to the bed then they're in the bed then they're i think they're they're standing next to the bed then they're in the bed then they're in the shower
1: yeah and well i mean and then there's something else and then it shows them talking in the shower afterwards yes there's like yeah but i get
0: (laughs) yes so that's not the only, confu- like, you know, if you thought that was the only confusing thing about this sex scene, listeners, you're wrong, because the the positions they get into, very, some very funny positions, uh, that seem to, because they are, so we get a shot of, like, Sharon Stone's up against the wall and, and then Stone's in front of her, so we're getting, like, a, a real loving-ass shot from from Stallone (laughs) because that's that's what Stallone's all about in this time period of of his career but this is uh, this is the the most loving one we've got so far in the season I think yeah but then because we want to see Sharon Stone's breasts or one of them um, she's kind of standing to the side of him which suggests he would just be kind of humping the wall really <laughs> um <laughs> or her leg maybe yeah. um and then again because again we want to maximize the you know the the, the kind of key body parts of, of both of our stars again when they're lying down again it looks like probably just humping her leg yeah. or kind of near, nearby you know because again it looks like an incredibly unnatural position it's a very yeah there's some um unintentional funniness to it and um it's a very confusing scene it is a very I, in terms of terrible sex scenes not quite as bad as the infamous uh showgirls scene but you know it's um it's <laughs> it's up there with um your classic Terrible sex scenes. also another one that I feel like should uh, get an honourable mention is the sex scene between uh, Night Owl and the Silt Specter in oh, yeah. uh, Watchmen. <laughs> that is that's something. That's, some Leonard uh, Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> ah, that is. And then the uh yeah the the flames the Oh my yeah.
1: god! But that is the sex scene. So this one <laughs> has the. Key was it like late eighties sex scene tropes of which I didn't even know they're tropes, but they've popped up enough because I know it's in Highlander, it's in Lost Boys, it's a bunch of movies where it's like the two people are naked, sitting facing each other, and yeah, like just kind of rubbing or whatever. I don't even know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rubbing indiscriminately against each other, you know. Yeah. But they
1: don't have a, a good song that you get, you know, in Lost Boys or Highlander. No, they, they <laughs> don't
0: have a good song.
1: You always um, need an original song if you're going to have a sex scene like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I mean, like, you missed out on the the the, the very fun sex scene that was in uh, Rapid Fire that did have, like, an early 90s hard rock song, a uh, power ballad. Oh, it was, and... um you know obviously we get very loving shots of uh salone's ass here whereas yeah. rapid fire was all about very loving shots of brandon lee's abs it was that that movie's all about brandon lee's abs and uh <laughs> and why not mine had great abs yeah. so like <laughs> so flaunt them, <though. laughs> and uh yeah, and, and uh, you, you can hear all about that in a in a rapid fire episode if you've not listened to that, which is a lot of Kyle and I talking about Brandon Lee's abs right. um, <laughs> and other other talk about the movie, but mainly
1: mainly the abs, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so. This scene that was supposed to be the whole buildup, what everything was marketed behind everything. Um, maybe it's just because we're older now, or maybe it's because there's been so many other kind of sex scenes and things have advanced, you know, I mean, you have Cronenberg's crash or whatever it may be, but yeah, I don't know just watching this. And we talked about this off record off air of, it was almost one of the boringest parts for me. If I wasn't, you know, doing this for the podcast, I was just watching yeah. this. I this is when i would have you know checked my phone or like that's how it felt yeah like, it doesn't feel yeah.
0: very it doesn't feel very steamy it doesn't feel very erotic and in, in any way it does and again it's partly to do with the lack of chemistry and it's partly to do with just like it just feels kind of daft i suppose as well was just being kind of like you spend more of the scene thinking about like you know like well that seems like an unnatural position yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, than it's anything like, else yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like the um there's the old Seinfeld episode where they're talking everybody's obsessed with the English patient
0: oh yeah and
1: then Elaine is like but they do it on tub or you know and she's like that's not she's just like breaking it down of how it just doesn't work <laughs> and again like
0: we get this whole thing where we get like this kind of post uh shower scene um afterwards where they're just kind yeah. of like you know cleaning each other and you just again that just feels kind of boring and we just get you know like yeah, a bit of exposition or whatever and like um you're like well this doesn't feel it just feels like we want more the camera you know wants more naked time yeah, uh, with, with uh, Stallone and Stone, that's really all—all all that that scene's there for. We don't need it for any other reason. It's just like, yeah, yeah, like they've—they've they've got an allotted amount of minutes that they have to be naked, and then, um, yeah, that's that. The one thing I did want to mention uh, while talking about this scene, right? So I found this yeah. quote from Stone on the imdb trivia section and because it was just there i was like i want to double check you know where maybe that quote come from or whatever so i kind of looked it up and it's like and then i found like it seems to have come from uh, an interview he did with a, ain't it cool news um so it seems like it has actually a legit quote okay and i'm sure he said it as if this is like fun story to tell um but there's not Show stolen off in the best light. This is the quote. Okay, let it be known. I did not want to do this scene. Uh, I didn't want to do this scene because Sharon was not cooperating. We get to the set and she decides not to take her robe off. The director asks only a few of the crew to remain and she still won't take it off. I promised her I wouldn't take any liberties, so what's the problem? She said, (laughs) I'm just sick of nudity. I asked her if she could be sick of it in someone else's film. She was having none of it. So I went down to my trailer, brought back a bottle of Black Death vodka that was given to me by Michael Douglas, and after half a dozen shots, we were wet and wild. So according to this quote, he first shamed her and then got her drunk. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Not, and, like, I can imagine him, like, answering this, um, like puffing on a cigar recounting yeah. it as if it's like a kind of fun tale of how he got his way uh but um yeah it doesn't really read well does it no not at all Hey, that is yeah a, uh, kind of uh sorry craig man brought brought them mood brought the mood <laughs> down <laughs> brought the mood down with uh, crass boorishness um uh, well, suppose we should cover the rest of the movie yeah so
1: so the movie that is left that there's still a good chunk but surprisingly not yeah <laughs> i know no, there's, uh,
0: yeah there's like kind of half an hour left in the movie but like yeah you know, it kind of all kind of wraps up kind of yeah. quite quickly
1: um yeah so we have she goes she leaves him in the morning leaving him a note saying I am not yeah, a... that's the other
0: thing. He yeah. comes out a shower. He comes out, so it's, it seems to suggest that he maybe has another shower because, like, it's at yeah. night. So, like, when they're having the shower, when after they had sex, that seems to be at night. But he's having another shower. That's very I'm so confused by all. To be showers. a
1: specialist, he really <laughs> needs to, you know, yeah, he was, was cleanliness.
0: Super, super clean, super clean so uh, But, <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, um, we'll we'll move on from yeah. um, showering.
1: So he. Comes out, finds a note that says, I am not a woman that you should trust. And, you know, she's gone. She comes off the elevator and is caught by Ned and his crew and tries to give them a little bit of the slip of saying, oh, uh, I was planning on giving him up to you anyways. And he's on floor 10 or something, you know, 10. But obviously he's on, they find out he's on floor 12. So she was trying to help him out, but also save herself. She goes into... This bathroom finds a lady with a cellular phone, slaps her after taking the phone, and then calls them and says, they're coming to get you, which he assumes Then she betrayed him. So he's upset about that. But, you know, as much as Stallone can be upset about that, and that's when he starts setting up the room. With his special skills of explosions,
0: his specialist skills, yes, yeah, indeed. And and then, like, I we've pretty much already established that Trent is a as a real bad guy. He's a, yeah. he's a big bad villain, but we feel the need to establish it more because he lets a couple of henchmen go into the hotel room and doesn't say anything, doesn't say, like, yeah, you know, like, this guy's probably rigged it to blow somehow, <laughs> um, and just lets them kind of investigate the room. And so the phone is off the hook, and so we, as audience members, are, like, clearly, like, oh, it's got something to do with the phone. It's probably, like, once you put the phone back in the cradle, like, that'll be probably when it explodes, which is exactly what happens. But, I like, this was... Of all the explosion scenes, I feel like this one was the most hilarious.
1: Yeah, it takes a very long time.
0: Because, like, the, <laughs> the room, like, like, explodes and then kind of falls off into the sea in, like, slow motion
1: yeah only that that room nothing else in the whole hotel Well, that's
0: because he does the focus he knows how to control his explosions. yeah (laughs) you know famously you can just like uh detonate a bomb but like uh you know control it to such a degree that it only takes out like a tiny part you know it won't impact the rest of the hotel so it just impacts this one room that falls off into the sea, and then we get like one of those kind of hilarious reaction shots of the henchman like falling off into the sea with the room which looks like kind of like it looks like kind of bad cgi like yeah. the way they like or early you know kind of effects or well,
1: and there's one henchman that already was in the water so oh he yeah lo- he, he falls he, onto he, him
0: he was blown out the window and then the, the other but the other two were still in the room and they just fall in slow motion into the sea on top of that guy
1: yeah and yeah and that's it but it even takes enough time that you're like oh you could just to the other two henchmen you're kind of you could just walk back out <laughs> like it's not <laughs> too, too bad but then they just stand there for a while as it's like yeah until they
0: fall. until they until they fall onto the floor and then they have to like yeah. drift off and slow much yeah they could have run out of the room but uh, again these henchmen <laughs> are not like, I mean, they are even by henchmen standards, they're pretty dim. So like, uh, you know, that's that's only to be expected. And then we get the other scene that feels like, oh, it's just been fitted in because like it's stolen, so he has to have like a kind of action man scene. So he he beats up some some goons, and like I have to say, it's worth this scene's kind of worth it because like there is a very funny moment. Where he throws one of the henchmen into a deep
1: fat fryer. Yeah. And you just see the guy like bubbling up, going <laughs> like, screaming. And then he throws yeah, a knife into one of them. And
0: uh I I you know, I burst out laughing where he's just like beating up these guys, and then he just like hip tosses this guy into yeah. the deep fat fryer. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good
1: stuff. <laughs> so she's captured, taken to Joe. Who she reveals who she is, and he, you know, Joe says, Well, you think my son would have given the order? I'm the one that gives the order. So now she knows she also has to deal with him. Yes. But Joe gave the orders. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then Ned says he wants to, he can't have her yet. He wants to hold on to her for a little bit longer so that he can get the guy responsible and has her her call again or has her contact ray again yeah on the phone to do a meetup and basically stays on long enough to get um it's a very long drawn out phone conversation <laughs> First it of all, is a very, but yeah. like
0: she basically gives him a warning that like yeah. um he's know, gonna get betrayed he's gonna get set up there's gonna yeah. be some sort of a setup so like yes it does It does feel more drawn out than it needs to be. But then many of the phone conversations in the film do feel more drawn out than they need to be, to be
1: fair. So she goes to meet him. They're in the room. or whatever. She walks into the room. Everybody else is outside, ready to basically bust in. But then the, the building that she walks into it blows up, and they're seen... Well, we see them speed away on a like a speedboat somewhere. which again
0: else. feels like a very bond moment that like there's yeah. just there's a couple of moments in this film that are just like, well John Barry's doing this score. so like maybe we should make this like a James Bond adventure, but only for like two scenes or
1: three scenes. Yeah. and that's good I don't know again. I mean, I've mentioned it several times, but that's yeah, when you hit that hour mark, it feels like it jumps ship of what it's supposed to be into this new kind of territory then so the ned kind of he's able to listen to the recording enough to triangulate oh that he must be taking the the bus and he's using pay phones and he would only go on like a 25 minute or 25 yeah minute like radius. i was
0: confused like i wrote this down in my notes because i was confused by this i was like <laughs> is there so few bus routes in miami that you can just immediately triangulate what bus route someday could be like just anyway i suppose we shouldn't like we're near the yeah. end of the movie well let's yeah. not get too shy
1: caught up <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we're almost <there. laughs> um, so <laughs> they basically do some searching around oh one of the cops says that he has to eat somewhere so i'm going to look at restaurants or grocery stores they talk to a guy who's never seen him but then the delivery kid that we've seen drop off stuff for stallone before I guess divulges the information that oh he's seen that guy yeah and then they start to basically surround the place after it's assumed that Ray and May have slept together again or something because they're laying in he's laying in bed naked and she's getting her clothes back on saying she yeah, has to no, he's not done to... yet with dealing yeah, yeah. with Joe or something yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so it, it seems like they've slept together again you know because hot and steamy uh
1: but um yeah and nobody cares yeah (laughs) (laughs) so then they're surrounded and you know but he has you know ray obviously has all of his booby trapped explosions to take care of anything in this whole kind of warehouse area it's very high tech it even needs like his handprint and everything (laughs) yes and if one is set off then all of them will be set off but apparently in slow motion and at very not the same times (laughs) because they all these bombs go off randomly and yeah yeah enough um, time that while we're getting all this
0: um at the same time uh some of the bombs outside of his warehouse uh start going off and um like he the first one that goes off blows up a bomb disposal van and we get some more uh james woods overacting and uh like he's laughing about the irony of the long disposal fan being very nice touch or something yeah nice touch and um i like as well that um our female character ordinance expert (laughs) says you're crazy and i I, like it seems redundant for for her to say that because she was literally in the room (laughs) when he says when he said I am the craziest person you will ever meet. <laughs> I mean, it's been fairly clearly established, not just to the audience, but to your character that yeah. um, this, and like she was also in the scene where she, he was just throwing shit about and being yeah. like, I will kill you. I'll vaporize your ass. Yeah. I mean, she is very clearly seen uh, in at least two scenes. Uh, prior to this that this guy's fucking mental but she's still like you're crazy as if this is a revelation
1: and in that scene again stallone you know even so all the police here establishes that he is crazy too so it's not just james woods himself but it is said that you're crazy because you were having getting pleasure from killing people and that's why the cia you know fired you or whatever yeah booted you or, yeah, whatever but uh, everybody's else
0: all the cops outside are, are getting blown up left right and center or their vehicles are um because like ray always knows where good guys are like it doesn't yeah. seem like any cops actually die and um, it just seems like their vehicles get blown up because again ray has magic only killing the bad guy bombs and, um, but James Wood manages to, to kind of casually stroll through all the bombs <laughs> going off. <laughs> and, and, and surprise, uh, we get the, the big confrontation that we've all been waiting for uh, between Trent and
1: Ray. They finally find each other after all this time. He has a gun, and obviously, he has, he has bomb knowledge of his own because because he, he trained Reed, as we've yeah. already established a bunch of once <laughs> <laughs> and he set up a bomb in her cigarette case that is very rarely I don't I didn't even know about the cigarette case uh the
0: cigarette case like it's not like something that's like well established there is one scene earlier on in the movie where she is at a bar with tomei where she asks some people for a cigarette and we see the cigarette case but it's not like something that like she's constantly pulling out or anything so it's It's that one scene in the bar as far as i remember
1: okay yeah that's what i thought so it kind of felt like it was just thrown in out of ah yes add, that yeah.
0: cigarette case she always keeps it on her person yeah
1: that it was crucial to the you know to the story that is like a checkoff gun or whatever you want to call it <laughs>
0: yeah um yeah she but... doesn't even really uh ask for cigarettes that that much like, it's just no. that one scene it's not like she because like uh, her character in basic instinct like she's like a regular smoker and that's like a thing it's kind of part of her Character part of her, you know, like, uh, you know, like she's always kind of coolly smoking on a cigarette or whatever, but like, uh, or I feel from my vague memory of seeing that years ago, um, but uh, it's not even like kind of part of her kind of character. I didn't feel like she's like no. cool smoking lady or cool, you know,
1: like, uh, don't smoke kids, that's, that's, yeah. Like... <laughs> but there's even anyway. a ra- random scene where, um, Stallone is smoking a cigar, and it's like the only time you see him oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know um, I, I think I he think
0: was just like I, I don't know like maybe he just had that on set and he was just like, yeah. they, they were just rolling they just so happened to be <laughs> I feel like a lot of this film is just kind of laziness of just kind of like uh, you know stallone was living in miami at the time he was just like yeah i just i don't i can't be arsed like uh, traveling anywhere to film something can you just come to me with something you know yeah. we we'll it. you know we'll we'll make it miami based and yeah. um yeah yeah so like uh, <laughs> laziness is the key yeah he's like
1: <laughs> i'm doing my grocery shopping today just get some shots of that yeah uh, just
0: just get <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 like yeah i I'll i'll, I'll, I'll yeah i'll grab the bus for you guys it's whatever
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah um so during this whole thing trent triggers one of the series of bombs that have already been triggered that are supposed to set go off if one of them goes off but he triggers it and i mean this is it's fun in the sense that the bomb blows him to the side and then another bomb <laughs> blows him the other yeah. way
0: oh it's so fun like I again I laughed out loud in, in this scene because like it's just the way the explosions just uh,
1: buffer him about like a pinball you know. And then he lands on the um stairs and then another one like blows up but doesn't send him everywhere it just like sends fire to kind of engulf him a little bit but not really you just see him on the, on the stairs like kicking around.
0: Yeah and then but then there's still the cigarette uh, yeah. case bomb that we have to deal with. And that, what precise, <laughs> tense, technical way is this is this dealt with? Is, is is one of those kind of obviously we have to have a, a tense diffusing moment, much like in a Bond movie, or in, yeah. in, in, in like in, in like speed or something, you know, like, yeah. like there's got to be tense, diffusing. What because- happens, Craig? Tell us what happens.
1: Well, because they talk about how there's like some mercury thing and you can't change the levels or anything like that. It has to be like a smooth transition. And so it's going to be crazy because he has May lightly handed to him where they have to basically shift the weight and everything perfectly. And then he just throws it.
0: <laughs> he just throws it. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then they run. <laughs> And then we kind of cut to outside and there's there's cops and it it all goes into slow motion and there's like all these kind of slow mo explosions and it's supposed to seem real cool and yet and I was like it's weird because there's this weird disconnect of being like watching the explosions as they all happen and it's going into slow motion and all that and thinking from a technical standpoint I like I'm thinking like oh that seems impressive it must it must take a real lot of work to do that but like as a viewer I'm not like enthralled by it. I'm not like yeah. kind of like holy shit you know or I'm not excited or I'm not I don't feel tense. I don't feel I don't really feel anything. I just I'm just kind of kind of congratulating it of being like well that must have taken a, a lot of work. I mean yeah. I'm sure a lot of people set that up for a long time. That, that's really that's real something and, you, know, you know practical effects yeah, it's pretty good. Um and that but that's it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of the explosions you know, throughout the the whole movie in general. Again, it's just like, you know, I guess congrats to the production designers and the special effects team and Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, well done to the special effects team. Uh, yeah. Well done to the stunt people
0: and all the people who rigged the explosions right? or oh, uh, real explosions. So, like, uh, well, well done to all of them. And then, so obviously, you know, they escaped. They're safe. You know, like much like this story seemed to have ended. You know, when Tomei was killed. You know, but you know there's still nearly 45 minutes a movie or whatever yeah um you know so, so but surely you know like you know You know trent is dead and you know like um joe doesn't really mean anything to the plot so you know like um that's you know cut to credits that's the end of the movie right no oh all <laughs> oh, right yeah, okay well no, at we, the end
1: we get to have joe reading oh. a newspaper saying there were three deaths so he's like oh thank god they're did and he gets a little package and he opens it up and it's the it's may monroe's kind of you know her locket which had her family and her on it the picture and he hears the beeping so he knows that it's a bomb and he yells something that i couldn't even make out because of it's like hor- so, the horrible accent or something you know, the like,
0: horrible yeah. accent so yeah. um <laughs> So basically, he sees a paper and he he you know he thanks God. He says, uh, thank thank you God, you uh, something like you, you, you're a good God or you know, yeah. your, your grace is God is, is some something like that. And then he hears the beeping, and then he looks up in the sky as if he's still talking to God, and he says, you bastardo! And <laughs> again, just the most awful accent you've ever heard in your life.
1: Um, but you bastardo was okay. Was the That's what it was. <laughs> okay. There you go. And then you hear the explosion, but it, but, it but you comes... don't see him
0: die. Just like no. Terme's death, which is super anticlimactic. This death also super anticlimactic, and again feels kind of unnecessary because Joe doesn't really do anything that affects the <laughs> plot. Neither yeah. does to me really either, apart from like again, the the backstory of me's parents being killed, which again, doesn't necessarily need to be in the movie. But um, yeah,
1: they don't yeah. do anything to affect the plot. So he asks her, because you see her reaction, she hears the bomb and she's like, okay. Turn him back and he says, how do you feel? And she says, better. And then it just shows them kind of driving away from miami i guess and i come yeah driving driving somewhere else
0: and um what i've ended my notes with uh one of the things i've ended my notes with is pay attention to the road because yeah. <laughs> like he's got her he's got his arm slung around her um bringing her in for a kiss and like nobody's yeah. looking at the road and it's busy. Um,
1: you can see that it's very busy.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. like it's like it's like a freeway. You know, like yeah. there's like like three or four lanes. It's like you know there's traffic. You know, it's not. Yeah, um, and then yeah, and that, that's that is the end of the movie. And then uh, probably one of the most successful and enduring things of the movie um, happens. We get the Gloria Estefan cover of uh, "Turn the Beat Around." Um, which was one of her biggest hits and yeah,
1: that's how we end the movie yeah, because that song fits so well with the rest of the tone
0: (laughs) yes, yes, (laughs) yes Cover the Gloria Estefan's cover of the disco song. Well, it was because you know it's it's uh, Miami Latino music, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, the, the music, the music supervisor on the movie, um, Emilio Estefan, um, like. Yeah. You know, the, and it's really just that beginning song, and then you know, Gloria's song at the end. Otherwise, the music is obviously all just kind of John Barry flip flopping between doing like neo noir stuff and uh, doing. Um, like bond shit yeah. so yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's that is it We well, that's just covered uh the specialist um we hope you have enjoyed this episode um it just leaves me to say um uh, thanks again Craig for like uh, continuing on this journey with me and um, we will continue on uh, next week where we will be looking at Judge Dredd. I'm excited. And uh, last thing before we head on out it uh, just leaves me to remind you listener if you want to rate, review uh, and subscribe to the podcast, and you should do that on on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or um, wherever you stick uh, podcasts into your ears. But until next week, see ya!